Dear listeners, Sairam and greetings from Prashanti Nilayam. Welcome to our radio program, Afternoon Satsang. This is a segment of Radio Sai's Thursday Live, hosted by Prem and Arvind at 12.30pm Indian Standard Time on Thursdays, only on Asia's stream of Radio Sai Global Harmony. The discussion is on the Ramakatha Rasavahini, a book written by Swami, and today's episode was first broadcast live on 26th November 2015. Have a listen, please. Offering our most humble pranams at Bhagwan's lotus feet. Dear listeners, we welcome you to this week's afternoon satsang. It's so wonderful to be joining you in this afternoon satsang. And as always, with me is Arvind. Saram Arvind. Saram Prem. So, we will play out the name of Lord Rama. That is our usual custom, after which we will take up the Ram Katara Savahini. Sri Rama Rama Rame Di Rame Rame Manorame Sahasranama Tatulyam Ramanama Varanane Welcome back dear listeners, we offer our humble pranams at Bhagwan's lotus feet seeking his inspiration to proceed with his beautiful narrative of the Ramayana, the Ramkatara Savahini and as always we welcome Lord Hanuman who is always present wherever the Ramkatha is sung. In fact today we will be actually singing the glories of his humility, his love and his devotion to Rama because last time we had reached that point in the story where all the Vanaras and the bear army headed by Jambavan, they have zeroed in on Hanuman as a person who alone is capable of crossing the ocean and finding Mother Sita and therefore now Hanuman has prepared himself and we spoke of how he takes the name of Rama and with the name of Rama grows to a size that is unimaginable, grows so huge ready to take his leap. You know when I was reading this frame I was reminded of how Swami would speak of the two ways in which you have to overcome Dehabhimanam or body consciousness. One is to make yourself so small, make yourself so tiny with Dasoham, saying that I am nothing but the servant of the Lord and make yourself so small and insignificant because you say that I am nothing, everything is the Lord. That time the chains of Dehabhimanam that bind you just fall away because you are too small for them to bind. Or the other way is to take the method of Soham and say I am divine and become so big that no chain can ever bind you, they just shatter away. It is almost as if uh, Hanuman decided to shift his uh, position from Dasoham to Soham in order to accomplish the task of Rama. He grows to a gigantic size and takes a leap and Swami writes that even as he leaps, the ground gets pushed underneath and 
the trees everything get plucked and his take off happens now after this take off happens what happens along the way is very very interesting basically hanuman meets with three challenges the first challenge that he meets is as he's soaring across let us remember that hanuman is not actually flying it's just a jump but in order to uh, describe it there is no other word so we call it the flight across the ocean so in his flight as he is crossing the ocean a mountain peak by the name mainaka rises out from the ocean and comes up now mount mainaka that's a detailed separate story had benefited a lot from vayu the god of wind who is also the father of hanuman so having benefited so much from vayu mount mainaka feels that it is his duty to be of some service to hanuman because hanuman is vayu's son and therefore mount mainaka rises from the ocean and tells hanuman oh hanuman stop you know let me make your task a bit easier you have to jump across the entire ocean take rest on me pit stop a pit stop <laughs> yeah because we had seen how 100 yojanas is the right. distance that has to be jumped if mount mainaka comes up you need not actually jump 100 yojanas you can split it into two smaller jumps right so that is what mainaka offers to hanuman but hanuman says oh mainaka i am very touched by your offer but you know i am on a task now given to me by my lord so therefore i am in a bit of a hurry so please don't force me to stay and eat the fruits that are growing on you of course and uh, rest a while and enjoy your hospitality because when i am in ramakarya i cannot go into kamakarya where kama is desire i can't do all this but i am so touched by your loving offer so definitely though i will not be stopping and taking rest i will make a touch a touchdown on you you know so therefore for the sake of making mount mainaka feel that i have helped hanuman in some manner hanuman just briefly touches it's almost like how you do a hop step and jump in a triple jump just like that one touch on mount mainaka and then continues along his way and uh, after this obstacle is uh, one over the other one which he com- across is demoness actually by name surasa and this again arises from the waters and she is actually a serpent and uh, this asura has a boon from lord brahma that you know she is a huge serpent that wh- whoever passes by that way would become the food of this serpent in fact the actual boon is will have to enter through her mouth and then exit and only then they can you know move on which essentially means they become her food move on to the upper realms right exactly so uh, you know this serpent rises and stops her Hanuman says you cannot go without entering my mouth. So Hanuman makes an offer. He says, you know, if this is the boon that you have from Brahma, then let me finish my task. I'm going on Ramakarya, a task which is given by Lord Rama himself. After I complete it, I'll come back and I'll offer myself to you. Then you can eat me. You're free to eat me. So Surasa insists that no, you can't do that. You have to become my food. There is no way you can go by with, uh, because it's it's after all a boon from Lord Brahma himself. So then Hanuman says, all right, and he starts growing in size. So he starts becoming so large, and this. Demoness is no less. So she also starts growing and opening her mouth big enough to still engulf Hanuman. And after she has opened her mouth, you know, really, really largely, Hanuman quickly reduces his size, becomes a smaller form, as we all beautifully sing in the Hanuman Chalisa, Sukshma Rupa. You know, he becomes a small form and immediately enters into the mouth of this serpent and flies out. And then he says, "I have fulfilled the boon that you have from uh, Lord Brahma." So Surasa is very thrilled, and in fact, she says that this was also a part of the test which was given. to you and i'm so thrilled that you've won through it without causing harm to yourself so you have my blessings that whatever task you're going to accomplish don't worry you will be very very successful in it and this is the second obstacle that he has to face and then as hanuman is moving ahead he meets a third obstacle a sea monster she's also a demoness and her name is simhika 
Simrika is a special boon. The boon is that when she catches hold of the shadow, she is able to catch the object itself. And as Hanuman is flying over the ocean, Simrika grabs the shadow of Hanuman and Hanuman is stuck and she tries to swallow him because the shadow is in her hand. If she swallows the shadow, the person also goes in. And that's how Hanuman is now swallowed by Simrika. But so determined he is on fulfilling his task that even as Simrika swallows, he flies zips through so fast through her that he rips apart the other end of the body of Simika's body and comes flying out. Simika instantly meets with her death and later we get to know that she is actually another angel that has fallen from grace and uh, had to don the form of a Rakshasi. So she is redeemed by the touch of a devotee. That is one more beautiful point here. You know, a true devotee's touch is also redeeming. We have seen in the Ramkatha Rasavaini how Rama when he annihilates the demons, many Many of them when they are dying, I think most of them or all of them when they are dying, they are so thrilled that they have been killed by Rama because they know that their redemption is assured when it happened at the hands of the Lord. The same kind of redemption happens for Simika also when she is killed by Hanuman. Before he proceeds ahead and having overcome these three obstacles, Hanuman reaches the shores of Lanka. The interesting point here is Prem, if we see the Ramkatha Rasavahini, Swami completes this whole thing in a single sentence. But on many other occasions during his discourses, Bhagwan has narrated and dilated on this journey of Hanuman from the Indian shores to the Lankan shores and they give a lot of insights and inspiration for every spiritual aspirant. And uh, this thing which Swami is, you know, brings out in this particular episode where he says that these three obstacles are representative of the three gunas and each one represents one form of obstacle that is Sattvic obstacle, Rajasic obstacle and a Tamasic obstacle. Hmm. And one thing which always Swami reiterates, we've been going through this ever since we started the Ramakatha that Swami says that the entire Ramayana is the play of the three gunas. Mm. You know, it's very significant because when we were doing the other program, when we came across this discourse where Swami speaks about the three gunas, you know, we often think of the three gunas as attributes of, you know, characteristics. You know, he is a sattvic person, he is a very rajasic person, or this is a very sattvic activity, or this is a very rajasic um. food. You know, we think of it as attributes, but actually, if, I mean, when we were going through that discourse, I think it's part of Sankhya Yoga in uh, Hindu philosophy, where they say that entire creation, whatever you see as multiplicity has come because of the play of the three gunas. You know, if you see from the one becoming the many, the whole modus operandi is given through the three gunas. I remember a nice little presentation made by the students in Bhagwan's presence Mm -hmm. to explain this. In fact, this was also shown in the Vidya Vahini exhibition that was so beautifully done by the children. So, there was this girl, she was explaining, she was saying how the entire world is actually come from the same source Mm -hmm. but appears to be so different. So she put a prism and the prism you know one prism split white light into seven and there was the other prism that was combining the seven into one. Now that is one way of showing variety. I remember the three gunas the primary colors red RGB red green and blue they are called primary because scientifically with these three colors all the different colors and shades that you can ever see with the human eye can be created. Mm -hmm. So the entire variety we see in colors, however deep, however uh, light, however beautiful, however whatever you see about colors has been created with red, green and blue. These three. And you know, if you make a disc where one third of the 
disc is red, one third is green, one third is blue. The correct uh, green, correct red and correct blue because mm. blue itself has many shades. In a software, you actually have numbers to denote that exact blue. Right. So if you have that and you spin that wheel, it becomes white because ultimately there's only one and that one apparently has split into three RGB with which the entire diversity becomes possible. So the students in their presentation said that the one becomes into these three gunas, sattva, rajas and tamas. The one is beyond the gunas because white, in white you neither see red, neither do you see uh, green nor do you see blue and yet all the three exist in it. So they said the Lord is one who has all the three gunas but he is beyond the gunas and yet with these three gunas the entire creation comes into being. Absolutely because it's a very complex thing. I mean if you see that uh, particular section of Hindu philosophy it says about how the, the five elements become the many through these three gunas through the interaction to three gunas mm. and that's why Swami would say that the Ramayana is a perfect example of transcending these three gunas as you said when you put it perfectly in those three discs you get the white color mm. it's not giving up sattva giving up rajas or giving us tamas but it's that perfect balance of the three and that's why Swami would reiterate especially in the Ramkata in many many sections in the discourses which Swami gives how you deal with things which come in each of these flavors when mm. something comes as sattva when something comes as rajas you know how you deal when Swami speaks about the Balakhandam the three women whom he encounters you know mm. uh, starts with Sataki Ahalya and then Mother Sita how you respond to that and similarly in this part as we spoke about last week when we gave that introduction about Sundra Kandam in Sundra Kandam the devotee becomes the hero of this part of the narrative so here Hanuman actually represents Lord Rama and when you say that he represents Lord Rama as we always have said Rama represents the soul Rama represents the sadhaka and what he is supposed to do so when you talk of Hanuman's you know this particular part where he is facing these three obstacles it is very important to see it as a sadhaka facing three types of obstacles in his goal you know in the pursuit of his goal and how he responds to these three obstacles it is as you said the ultimate goal is to go beyond the gunas because if ultimate goal is merger with God and becoming one with the Lord one has to go beyond the gunas so therefore a sadhaka must know how to deal when he comes face to face with sattvic obstacles here Mount Mainaka is considered as a sattvic obstacle how one should deal when he comes with a rajasic obstacle here Surasa is considered as a rajasic obstacle and finally Simhika the tamasic obstacle how one should deal I think Prem we will take a break because let us sing and revel in the glory of Hanuman the perfect sadhaka who is an example for us for us to emulate who will teach us how to recognize whether an obstacle is sattvic rajasic and tamasic and not only that much having recognized whether the obstacle is sattvic rajasic or tamasic how should we respond to it so that we are not swerved from our spiritual path all this after the break but this is not just a break this is a time when we contemplate and offer our gratitude to Hanuman for having gifted us with this beautiful knowledge.
of the story where we are in and uh, we were talking about the inner significance of that of where uh, Lord Hanuman is faced with the first obstacle in the form of the uh, peak which offers him uh, respite for a moment and Swami would often say that this is a sign of a sattvic obstacle that is you know the person who is stopping you or the person who is suggesting that you, you know, take it easy does not mean to harm you does not mean to really impede, you. impede your progress but at the same time uh, obstacle for your goal and the ability to sense this and treat 
treat the intention of the person at the same time not lose your focus. you know your focus swami would say that that's exactly what hanuman did swami would very often say you know always speak obligingly you cannot always oblige hmm. but you should always speak obligingly i think it's a perfect example of that uh, quote here because here hanuman does not want to oblige because it's going to you know slow down his progress but at the same time he knows that the intention of the offer is absolutely pure and that intention has to be responded to you know i'm reminded of how swami would speak to all the students sometimes in trai sometimes in prashanti before the vacations and he would you know almost like plead with us that try to follow the hostel schedule as much as possible have fun enjoy with your parents but don't you know indulge too much into the senses you know it, it was nothing but pure love and concern that would come that is the difference between divine love and worldly love you know swami's love is not meant for the body and the mind it's for the progress of the soul but how much ever worldly love may try it somehow tries to please the body and mind it would often happen that when students we go home our parents out of genuine affection and love for us only would tell that see you are so starved in your hostels you don't get such rich food come on you know let's have a they would not call it a binge but let's go to restaurants have good food you know enjoy go to the movies go to the malls have fun enjoy because you have been restricted from all this for so much time now i feel this is something like a satvik obstacle because the parents and family don't mean bad they don't want to actually harm you but out of their concern where they feel that they want to see you happy they are doing it but at the same time that is something that will take you away from your spiritual path over indulgence in the senses so at such times that is what we have to do we have to learn from hanuman that we need to speak obligingly and use diplomacy and you know you have to learn how to speak and act in a manner that doesn't hurt the person because all said and done as you rightly said the intention of the person is not bad so without hurting the other person at the same time ensuring that you are not being swerved from your path go ahead and go on the spiritual path the next obstacle that hanuman met is as you said surasa surasa is a rajasik obstacle because here this surasa you can't directly say what surasa did also is wrong because it's a boon given by brahma there's nothing wrong actually if you have a debate people may stand divided some may say surasa did wrong some will say why why that is a boon from brahma it's her nature what can she do so these are rajasik obstacles where things appear to be right only in some perspective yet it is wrong for a person on the spiritual path i remember uh, when we were doing this satsang on non vegetarianism one of the points that came is swami says you may have some positives of meat but for a spiritual person it is an absolute no no so while in the world social world you may say that what's wrong in eating meat it gives me protein for a spiritual person it's a strict no no at such situations what you have to do is you have to use intelligence you have to use intelligence to ensure that you are not trapped that is what hanuman did over here because this was a situation where it is right it is not as if anything surasa is doing wrong you can't directly kill surasa you know because she is just doing her duty so you can't harm the other person at the same time you can't please the other person also because it definitely is going to impede you from the spiritual path at such time like hanuman we have to make use of intelligence hanuman becomes so big even before she can think of eating him he suddenly becomes very small and escapes he fulfills the condition with his intelligence at the same time doesn't allow any compromise on his behalf that is how we have to deal with rajasik obstacles very true because that's the perfect example rajasik is at the face of it it does not appear wrong and at the face of it it appears like the norm in the society or 
things like you know vegetarianism of course if you really go by what swami says swami has clearly said no one uh, classic example especially when you say this let's say about the organization we talk about the organization you know you have good activity on the one hand on the other hand you need funds to be collected you know you need funds to do good work hmm. so there are a lot of people who say that as long as good work happens it doesn't matter if you ask people for money hmm. right doesn't I mean what is wrong in a fundraiser like suppose you see ngos which you know work in the world outside today you have a fundraiser you you call a, a celebrity you call a sportsman and through an event you raise money and you use it for good work there's nothing wrong in that i mean nobody would say it's wrong you know there are these haves you kind of in a very genuine way take it from the haves and use it for the have nots there's nothing wrong in that but the moment you bring swami's name into it swami says this is how i want my organization to run right no collecting money money comes out of the people's spontaneous sacrifice and whatever is the money there you do activity with that right and so this is swami's way of uh, doing the things so even though the norms in the society may say that there's nothing wrong in you know doing it a certain way you say no no this is the way swami wants it so i stick to this and just comparing the two obstacles the satvik one and the rajasik one if you see the satvik one what is more important when you face the satvik obstacle you know a lot of us face it as you, as you said that example of trying to maneuver around what our parents and relatives would say when you go back home you know many times that feeling of being greater than the rest mm. you know self righteousness that is what will make us arrogant you know this is what swami wants i am following what swami wants you be, dare not tell me what is you know something which is not to be followed mm. so in the way of swami saying that this is how hanuman handled it and this is how you have to handle it what is necessary there is you know humility humility will give you the right attitude to handle satvik uh, satvik obstacles. obstacles if you see the second one rajasik obstacles you need of course the tool which you use is yukti but what you need to handle rajasik properly is complete surrender you have no questions you know this is what swami has told how much ever it might not appeal to my logic and reasoning i might not be able to explain it to you but this is how swami wants it i will do it this way and that is why i feel prem that the organization at mudenalli has failed so horribly in this because the example that you gave it just triggered off this fund collecting i feel at the face of the slightest rajasik obstacle to just stumbled and fallen flat on the face in a manner unimaginable before and going directly and flouting swami's word you know as you said you can't use logic to justify it what's wrong in this because from a worldly point of view it appears to be nothing greatly wrong right. but as you said you need surrender where you say that you know if swami has said this and whatever else that the world may say i don't care this is wrong because this is what swami has said that kind of surrender is absolutely necessary and i really feel that we need the surrender and we need god's grace to be able to overcome rajasik obstacles because all certain satvik obstacles since the intent is not malicious we can even you know explain and kind yeah, of yeah it becomes a little easier to overcome but a rajasik obstacle becomes little difficult i think uh, the idea of being self righteous actually comes even in the second one especially you know when you talk about peer pressure you would always find this and people asking are you greater than us you know just because you don't indulge in this habit or you don't indulge in this hmm. like as are you greater especially a lot of our boys face that you know when they go out social drinking is a norm in the corporate you expected to do such things and the way boys have to handle it some would often say this you will have to win them over over a period of time you cannot confront them and say that yes this is what is right and this is how it has to be done you know you can have that conviction in side but the way you present yourself exactly. would have to be with a lot of yukti with a lot of uh, you know uh, intellectual gymnastics there's that famous in- incident i'm not sure uh, who the famous personality is uh, apparently an indian scientist who goes hey, about can i take over if right, you, yeah, sure are you by chance referring to cv raman i think sir uh, cv raman came up with something called the ram 
Raman effect. Right, I think it's Sir C V Raman. C V right. Raman came up with Raman effect, where you know different liquids would disperse light in different manner, and uh, that was what was studied. So at a ceremony after he won the Nobel Prize, you know where he was demonstrating this, he was offered alcohol because the alcohol in the sense that wine, that is the way, that is the norm there in Western societies, and it would be like wrong on his part to say no abruptly. He used his intelligence, and you know he came up with an answer. He said, "Ladies and gentlemen, right now I have shown you Raman effect on alcohol. I would not like you to see alcohol effect on Raman." <laughs> that was what he said. Speaking of alcohol, I'm also reminded of a student, you know, where he had this important meet where socially he had to drink. So instead of abruptly confronting them, what he did was he took the wine in the glass as he walked around to all the guests speaking. Every now and then he would tip a bit of it into a flower pot kept in the side, and at the end of that his glass was empty. Everyone thought that he had drunk, but he had not drunk and he had not, you know, violated himself with alcohol. I think uh, that C V Raman probably it's not C V Raman. The one I was saying is also a very intelligent use of oh, the, okay. uh, mind. You know where uh, okay. this person is confronted and he says you have to drink and all that. Huh? So he tells them, I agree to drink with you if you can do what I can do. Okay. Okay. And this is a typical Indian uh, scientist. So he picks up a glass of water and he drinks it without sipping. The way we drink when we use a common glass. You know, he lifts uh, the tumbler and up, huh. up and drinks it. First of all, Westerners are not used to drinking like that. Correct. And on top of it, they're all drunk. <laughs> and he says that if any one of you can drink your wine the way I drink my water, then I'm ready to drink your drink. <laughs> and nobody is able to. And you know, this is what it is. It's it's like you just kind of intelligently get yourself out of the situation. Just, you know, uh, I had brought up this thing about Mudanali, the Sukshma Baba. I feel there's a lesson for even those who seem to be opposing the Mudanali uh, mayhem. Because there is a section that, you know, like a, a revolutionary brigade go and, you know, rip it apart, tear it down. As you rightly said, though in our heart we can, you know, get repulsed at the very idea of what they're doing, I feel the way we express it should be tempered with intelligence and because it's not going to help in a manner of uh, helping the confused souls who are floundering over there, some of them. Of course, there are some hardcore who have masterminded this, that can't be helped. But the floundering souls who are going there, if you just confront them and uh, hit them on their face, it might actually put them off and scare them away. So we have to use intelligence also while facing such Rajasik obstacles. Right. And the third obstacle which he faces is that of a tamasic obstacle. A tamasic obstacle is, there's no black and white there. It's straight away black. It, it's something wrong which confronts you, which is something which is very harmful. And there is no two thoughts about that. You know, there is no way of circumventing that event. You just tear through it like how Hanuman did. Just like how the first one required humility, the second one requires surrender, the third one requires courage. It's nothing like that. I mean, you're absolutely sure of what you want. There is surrender, there is humility, but there is no compromise. When you know absolutely right what you're going for, and you know that something in front of you is absolutely opposite to what you're going for, you just put all your courage and your intent into it and tear through the obstacle. There's no two ways of doing it. Absolutely. And, you know, in fact, now when you have mentioned this, again, it's triggering me whether, you know, this collection of money for something, in a sense, it comes as a Rajasik obstacle, but for a side devotee, it comes as a tamasic obstacle because clearly, you know, in discourses, Swami mentions that you are worse than demons if you do this. Don't entertain it anywhere. And in fact, Swami says, I remember during the 50th birthday celebrations, 
5 in that a series of discourses that bhagwan delivered which i don't know if all the discourses are there on our site but definitely they are there in that sai blossom product so in that swami clearly mentioned he says these are some strict things that have to be followed if you can't follow don't call yourself satya sai that's all call yourself something else call yourself ramesh organization or <laughs> whatever you want but don't call yourself satya sai organization and swami says i don't want these many centers these many number of temples dedicated to satya sai around the world he says even if there is one that is enough for us one place is also enough but that place should follow the teachings of satya sai any place that doesn't follow the satya sai doesn't deserve to be called a satya sai you know center or organization and so therefore i feel when looked in this perspective this collection of funds open solicitation of funds becomes a strict no no it becomes a tamasic obstacle where there is no doubt in fact the other day i met a person who had been to mudenalli he said that for um, 20 years he has not come to india he's been in australia and he had come to swami before that and he was so moved by swami has become part of the organization he says it was unknowingly that he landed up at mudenalli he was invited he was taken along by somebody by a group that is apparently soliciting people and when he landed up at mudenalli he said the things that i saw at the end he said i was shocked when i was asked because i am uh, not an indian <laughs> because i am a person living abroad i was asked to give money i was shocked and in fact he said he was also told as to how much money should be donated mm-hmm. when he said he wrote a check for something like 5000 rupees or something uh, he was told that there are others of his level who are donating 50000 1 lakh there are people donating in lakhs and you are doing it only in 1000 he said it felt very very funny very embarrassing and he said he landed up in prashanti and he told me that i have gone through the vidyavahini exhibition today i was in tears because i felt this is what swami is so looking back on that i feel he dealt with the tamasic obstacle the way hanuman dealt with it possibly not ripping through the whole thing but definitely getting away from that spot as far as possible without thinking of whether he has to please the person whether he'll be hurting the person nothing like that just jettisoned it and landed up where he felt his heart is right and even as we go through these lessons you no know, what can you say that the ramayana is still in context what more can you say to prove that because just a small incident it's so profound swami has mentioned this many many times in the discourses you know each of these episodes are so applicable to our lives to our day to day living even today and that is why going through the ramayana going through the ramakatha rasamayani especially where swami highlights some of these things and the many discourses swami has given on the ramayana is so very important and so very fruitful for us we conclude this satsang offering our humble salutations to hanuman for having been a pathfinder for us for being our light to show us what it means to be a true sadhaka a true devotee what it means to have absolute conviction in our lord's name hanuman a monkey was able to cross the ocean because of the conviction in the lord's word even if the whole world had told him that you are not able to do it he would have done it because of his conviction in his lord's name dear hanuman we pray that we also get that kind of conviction and determination and faith in our lord your lord who has come in this beautiful form of sai rama with this prayer we offer ourselves at swami's lotus feet thanking him for this beautiful opportunity we leave you with this bhajan dear listeners hope you enjoyed the satsang Sairam thank you
ಪರಾಕ್ರಮ ಆಂಜನೇಯಕಿ 
You just heard an episode of our radio program Afternoon Satsang. This was a segment of Radio Sai's Thursday Live, hosted by Prem and Arvind at 12:30 p.m. Indian Standard Time on Thursdays, only on Asia Stream of Radio Sai Global Harmony. The discussion was on the Ramakatha Rasavahini, a book written by Swami, and today's episode was first broadcast live on 26th November 2015. Dear listeners, we hope you like this program. As always, send us your feedback to listener@radiosai.org. Thank you and loving Sai Ram from Prashant Nilayam.